0: Welcome to the uh, April 30th 2020 uh, Google User Group meeting for the uh, for GEG Ohio. This is a monthly meeting where we take a look at everything new in G Suite from the last month share Google tips and tricks, and answer questions relating to using Google tools in school. My name is Eric Kurtz, and I'm a technology integration specialist at the Stark Portage Area Computer Consortium, or SPARC for short. We're an information technology center serving schools in Northeast Ohio. I'm also joined, as always, by Stephanie. Stephanie, give you a moment to introduce yourself.
1: Hi everyone. I'm Stephanie Hal. I work for Pickerington Local School District, and I help students and teachers use technology. Right now, we're in the distance learning environment, which has been kind of crazy. So, a lot of my focus has been on helping teachers and hopefully giving them the skills to be successful.
0: Absolutely, and um, we try to have a guest uh, each month, and uh, we are very fortunate to have Sarah Kiefer with us today. Uh, Sarah will uh, be sharing quite a bit, uh, I'm sure, uh, later on and is welcome to share all throughout as well. But Sarah, would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself to folks?
2: Uh, Sure. I'm Sarah Kiefer, and I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and I am also a technology integration specialist for the Ross local schools. And like Stephanie mentioned, um, my job has shifted more to remotely supporting teachers and their students, um, throughout all of this. And I just have to say, I absolutely love my job, love my team. And when you talk about growth, this is uh, the prime opportunity for everyone to be growing for sure.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we really appreciate you being with us here today. Um, We've uh, uh, known each other for 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 many years, and I got a chance to cross paths at, at many different conferences, and I appreciate so much all the things that that you that you share. Your blog is fantastic, and all the resources that that you share. And we're so happy to have you with us today. And hopefully others will be uh, able to, um, you know, uh, find out about you if they didn't somehow already know. <laughs> so thank you thank for you. being here. Yes, um, well, even though all three of us are Ohio folks, we do want to say, and this is a Ohio meeting, we do want to say this meeting is open to anyone and everyone uh, inside Ohio, outside of Ohio. As long as you have an interest in using Google tools in schools, we are uh, so happy to have you here with us today. So thanks for that. Um, All of the resources for the meeting today can be found in our Google Doc editable agenda. Now that can be found on the GEG Ohio website, which is at bit.ly slash GEG Ohio. Uh, This is what that website looks like. And if you go to that website, there is a link there for the monthly meetings. And when you get to the monthly meetings section, uh, you'll see each uh, month there is a link for the agenda document, and that will get you into that. My guess is most people are already in the document, but if not, we just want to make sure everybody is able to do so because that's where all the good stuff's at. Uh, This agenda uh, has several sections, including things um, such as uh, um, upcoming events, events, there's a section on what's new in G Suite for Education. Uh, there's a Q&A section to ask questions and get answers, and a show and tell section to share uh, awesome resources. This is an editable agenda, so we encourage you to um, add to this, add comments, add resources, add links, uh, and participate in there as well as in our YouTube chat that we have going on. Um, with that said, let's go ahead and jump into the agenda and let's get the meeting started. So... Um, as we mentioned, uh, we've already done our, our introductions. Uh, that's fantastic, but uh, we're going to jump into the important links. And there's quite a few things in there, but um, I always just mention one of those links, which is our sign-in form. Um, you'll notice it's highlighted in green, and if you give a click on that sign-in form in the important links section, you get a very simple Google form to just record your attendance for today. We use this for two purposes. Um, I do send out a certificate of attendance for those who attend the meetings so that you can get uh, uh, hours for this if you, if that is something that is beneficial for you. Um, but then we also use this to send numbers to Google to let them know how many people attended our meeting. I do not share your personal information. Your name and email is only there for me to generate your certificate. Uh, what I do pass on, though, is the date of the meeting and whether or not this was the first time people attended a Google user group meeting. And so I would encourage you to fill that form out um, now or throughout the meeting as you get a moment to do so. I'll throw another reminder in at the end. And we definitely appreciate you taking a moment to do that. Um, while we're in the important links though, oh, my, my, my Google home is talking in the back. It hears me. <laughs> um, while we are in the, um, <laughs> while we're in the important links, um, I always ask Stephanie if she would take a moment to mention about our podcast uh, that she puts out as well.
1: Yeah, so once we are finished with the video, we will pull the audio and we will put it onto Anchor. And from Anchor, it will go out to all the different podcast links. So feel free to share that resource with others. Or if you wanted to listen while you're, I guess, now working out because there's not a whole lot of driving, so you can't really <laughs> listen to podcasts. Um, and then also follow us on Twitter, so at OhioGG, and you can get reminders and see different events that are happening.
0: So good, thank you. Um, in the updates section, um, we do have ways for you to stay connected to us in between, um, in addition to uh, the podcast and the video and the Twitter um, account that we have. Um, we do have the old GEG Ohio Google Plus community that still is around. Unfortunately, not everybody's able to use it after the changes that were made um, with um, with Google Plus, um, but we still have over 2,000 members um, in that community, and you're certainly welcome to post there and communicate there. Having said that, um, we did switch over to a Google Group um, as the official means to participate and communicate back and forth since anybody can join a a google group. and so, if you have not joined our Google group yet, there are directions here in the update section on how you can go out to that website and join the group or how you can send an email to the group to join it as well. And we have hundreds and hundreds of people from all over that are part of that group. It's a great way to ask questions and share resources and stay connected in between the meetings. So I encourage you to Take advantage of that if you have not done so already. Uh, next up, upcoming events. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> there's a lot of red on this <laughs> because a lot of things have been canceled. Uh, we did go ahead and leave those in here just because I think that's helpful for people to be aware. Um, for example, um, I was really sad to say uh, that as of yesterday, we did officially cancel our Spark uh, Educational Technology Conference that we do each year. It's heartbreaking for me to do that. This is something that I have. Absolutely loved for you know many 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 years, um, uh, but um, with the uncertainty of large group gatherings, um, and with also the idea that boy once we hit August good chance we're going to be probably putting a lot of energy into trying to help people get started well for for the new school year, and so planning and carrying off a conference just uh, doesn't seem like it's the best uh, way to uh, use everybody's time, and I think a lot of people were seeing that's happening with a lot of them. So uh, I did send out that information today, but wanted to mention it here as well. We will be be back, though, uh, 2021, uh, first Friday of August is typically when we do it, and so we will look forward to returning next year with that. Uh, others, we've seen similar things. Akron's conference, uh, the Create Conference may do something virtual, um, but uh, we appreciate all of these people letting us know about, about those updates. Um, the only other thing I'll mention, and Stephanie, I'll turn it over to you if you've got some things in here that um, you would like to mention from the upcoming events. I will be doing a webinar uh, with Pear Deck uh, next Wednesday, so May 6th, um, and it's free. Um, all of Pear Deck's um, uh, Uh, webinars are free. This one um, is going to talk about uh, using Pear Deck for remote learning, but I'm also going to be highlighting a new feature that Pear Deck just rolled out. You may have missed it. It's like brand new. Pear Deck now has the ability to add audio into the Pear Deck uh slideshow now Google Slides has been able to do audio for a while but that doesn't translate you know into Pear Deck and so now Pear Deck has that built in as the ability to add audio in there and that can really go a long way especially with doing the the remote instruction that we're doing now to be able to include that audio into the slides whether it's for accessibility or just to be able to communicate with with the students um, that's fantastic so um, heads up that um, Whoops. Looks like um, it got moved. <laughs> I'll, I'll drag that back down. Somebody may have accidentally uh, grabbed that uh, link and moved it there. I'll uh, see if I can grab that and if we can get it back, <laughs> get it back where it needs to be there here. I'll just do a copy paste. Maybe and we can get it back in place. That's the beauty of an editable. Nope didn't work. That's okay. We'll get it put back. It's up. It's up. It got moved up here. You guys can find it up there now. It looks like, uh, did it get put in the header? Maybe it got put in the header. Um, mm-hmm. that's okay. So, so, somebody can fix that, <laughs> but there it is. Uh, so, uh, yes, uh, that is next Wednesday, uh, May 6th. Um, and, uh, look forward to people joining us for that. Uh, Stephanie, did you have anything to add to the, um, upcoming events?
1: The only thing I was going to shout out was the global GG staff room is still meeting. Um, it's a really good session. There's three different times and you can attend on Sundays, Tuesdays. My favorite, if you're a morning bird is Thursdays, it is at 5 30 AM. Wow. But Leslie runs it and she's from Australia and it is probably one of the best conversations that you will ever have. So I joined this morning at 5 30 and it was just really good. We talked about what is next year going to look like because um, there were a couple of people from China that were in with us and they were talking about their rollout because they're a couple of weeks ahead of us on this remote learning and they're right. allowing seniors to come back first and they're like slowly rolling back. And so we were just talking about like, okay, well, what PD should we do for our teachers? What things do we need to do? To prepare for that rollout. So it was such a fantastic conversation this morning. Um, And a lot of just, you know, you can vent, you can talk, you can brainstorm, share resources, and it's just a great environment. But yeah, most of the conferences are canceled. So that's kind of sad, but this is still going on.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, and and these things are available to everybody, doesn't it? Again, I know this is GEG Ohio, but this is a this is a global thing, so uh, you can anybody can take advantage of those meetings, as well as for example like the Paradeck webinar I'm doing. That's open to anybody, so uh, definitely take advantage of those. Does look like we do have a few other things that have been added in here. Um, uh, I see we have NeoTech on-demand. The Neotech conference uh, was likewise. Uh, the in-person conference was was canceled, just like our Spark conference uh, has been. Um, but uh, they did do um, some, some recordings of sessions. And so uh, I see the link has been put in there for Neotech uh, conference on-demand, which is great. Thanks for adding that. All right. Well, Let's go ahead and move into uh, the the meat of the meeting, uh, which is what's new in G Suite for Education. We like to, um, at each of these meetings, take some time and look back on the last month and try to get everybody all caught up on everything new that has happened over the last month. Uh, Google is definitely a, uh, a moving target. There's always new features coming out. So Stephanie and I do our best to keep an eye on the blogs and the feeds, and anytime something new gets mentioned, we try to copy and paste it into here so that we can uh, talk about it. We won't cover everything here. Uh, the things that we've highlighted in bold are the ones that we're going to uh, talk about, but if there's something that we don't address, the links are there for you. Please feel free to click on those and uh, investigate those resources on your own or ask us, um, throw a question in if there's something that you do want us to dive a little bit more into. Um, Looks like, um, I'll go ahead and start with this first one. This was one that I I came across um, and that is um, a uh, a new tool from Google called Art Transfer. And so um, this is part of Google's Arts and Culture Project. Um, So if you're not familiar with Google Arts and Culture, it's an amazing, amazing resource where uh, Google has, um, uh, where they have basically scanned in every work of art. Possible at incredibly high resolution, and so you can really just you know see any art, and you can zoom in on it as close as you want. But in addition to that, they've built on top of it so many other cool resources. There's a lot of neat things that have come out of it. Well, the most recent thing they've done is um, specifically for the mobile version. So just heads up, this is one you would be using your your cam or your your, your camera and your your uh, your phone with. And basically, um, what you can do. Is after you take a picture um, through the Google Arts and Culture app, uh, what you can do is you can then have that picture converted into the style of different famous artists, and there's lots, like dozens of art styles that they have. And so you can, you know, take a picture and then run it through these filters, so to speak, and it will make your picture in the style of Van Gogh, or it'll make it you know, in the style of Surratt or, or you know, things like that. Um, so this could be a really neat one um, for, you know, students who are who are learning about art, of course, to explore the, the different uh, styles. But also just what a neat way, if you're looking for a way to jazz up a photo. So if you just have a picture and you're wanting to do something unique with it, you're trying to get a, a neat style applied to it, uh, that's a tool that anybody can use with, with any photo that, that you have. So just heads up on that one, uh, one of the uh, ever-growing features in Google's arts and culture.
1: I love arts and culture and I feel like I don't use it enough Like, it's like one of those forgotten tools. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I (laughs) know. I think this will become popular like the selfie one.
0: Yeah, I know. That's right. You can um, take a picture of yourself in the app and it will try to find like um, a painting that that looks like you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so neat. So I was happy to see that come come out. That's a cool thing. All right. Um, Now, next up. um, So. Uh, Stephanie, and I were talking, I think what we're going to do is just lump a bunch of these next ones together because they're all Google Meet related. So, um, Stephanie, if you want to start with some of these and we can kind of, you know, pick through them. But it looks like I think we had about six entries here that all dealt with Google Meet related updates since oh, that seems to be the big thing right now. Um Here's here's our first one. So what do we have here first?
1: So when I first saw this, um, our governor didn't like announce that we were not going to be back the rest of the school year and Google sent this out before then and it said like September 30th and I was like, Oh, no, like I'm so ready just to go back because I just missed that human connection and talking to people in real life. <laughs> and right. I mean, this is fantastic, but I am sad that we're not going back and I'm afraid of what the fall might look like, but Google is going to help us and they're extending the Google meet features. So the ability to record have up to, I think, 250 attendees. Yes. And you'll be able to have those features up until September now, because I think originally it was until June and then Google decided to extend that feature.
0: Yes, that is correct. Um, and who knows, maybe it'll get extended further. I don't know. But at least for now, that's great to know that at least through September 30th, right, the ability to record. Um, and I think uh, you're right, 250 people in a hangout or in a meet. I think there may be one more. Um, I think it was the ability to live stream. But I think, I think so. But yeah. But again, that's unfortunately it's only in your domain so mm-hmm. you, it doesn't you can't live stream to non domain users um, which is fine if you're just trying to live stream to your school but if you were trying to do something to live stream to folks that didn't have school accounts they wouldn't I be able just to wish see we that.
1: had the option to like toggle it on like in your domain or outside like with the sharing features I
0: know so
1: everybody My provide goodness. that feedback to Google and I think it's really and also, possible live yeah. stream needs like a chat feature
0: Yep, there you that know. you can turn on or off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and who knows? I, I would say keep an eye because um, Google has really, really stepped up their game with Google Meet in response to this. And so by the time this is all said and done, my my hope, <laughs> what I would hope, is that this just these just become permanent features. I mean, that's what I would hope that they just say, okay, you can just re- everybody can record, everybody can live stream that's fine, you know, and just make those be permanent features that are just part of Google Meet. And I think there's definitely some, you know, some pressure from Zoom on that, um, because, um, you know, Zoom has, of course, you know, uh, exploded in use during this time. Um, And um, with some of the security concerns that came out from Zoom, I know Google Meet got a really big bump as a result of that. But it's caused people to do a lot of comparison and say, well, Zoom has this, Meet doesn't have that, you know? And, and so that's where we've started to see some of these other things that uh, we'll talk about as we keep heading down. So let's see, what else do we have here? And uh, again,
1: Google made so many different updates to Meet. So they really are listening to our feedback. So make sure you're providing that feedback to Google so they know what we need. And I think they rank it by like most wanted features kind of come out sooner than later.
0: Yeah. So let's jump to the next Meet one. Again, I think there's like six of these. So we will will skip a few things and come back to catch the non-Meet things. Um, The second one in here was that um, Google had added some new features specifically for schools. Um, Some of those included the ability to um, create a Google Meet link inside of Classroom. Uh, That one is um, really nice for folks that if you have not taken advantage of that yet, uh, what that allows you to do is from Google Classroom, you can generate a unique Google Meet link, and that link will then show up on the top of the stream, and it will show up on top of the Classwork page, which is nice, convenient, not nice to have it there, but the real kicker of it is it's actually built on top of the whole nicknaming approach, which means that it's a special kind of a Google meet link. Students are not able to join the meet without the teacher being there and they can't rejoin the meet after the teacher has left. And so that's so convenient, um, to have that built right into classroom now. So the students can just know, hey, go to classroom, click the link, and as long as the teacher is there, they'll be able to join into that. So that was one of the updates they had specifically for schools Uh, The others included things that um, were like uh, only the person who creates the meet can mute or remove other participants so that, you know, a student can't mute you or kick you out of your own meeting, you know. Uh, Also, only the meeting creator can uh, approve join requests. If somebody's joining from outside of your domain, only you can let people in. And of course, the whole nicknamed thing as well. If you are not using Google Classroom, um, you can still take advantage of the nickname Option. Um, the idea behind that is, if I were to go to Google Meet and I want to start a new meeting, um, I can add a nickname here. If I don't, if I just hit continue, it's just going to generate a normal ten-letter-long code, join code. But if instead I go, hey, I want to make a you know a meeting you know called you know. Kurt's, you know, three for, you know, third period or something. And if I were to do that, that's going to make a unique nickname for that meeting, which carries with it those same features we talked about earlier, where when you nickname a meeting, students then cannot join before you, and then they cannot rejoin after the meeting's over. Now, again, you've got to make sure they all leave the meeting and you're the last one out. You turn off the lights, close the door and be all done with it uh but then after that they're not able to get back in but that's the idea behind behind those before Uh, we move on there's a
1: couple questions let's pause there yeah um do you know if google admin like in the console do you have to turn on that setting for classroom and meet
0: so when it comes to the admin stuff um the only thing that you really need to uh be doing with the admin is going in and um, making sure that students have the ability to use Google Meet, but not the ability to create their own Meets. Um, I can show what that looks like. Um, I do have a video on that and we can talk about that as well. Um, But if you go into your admin console, so here's my um, admin console and I'll head over to um, the apps section and head to the core services. Um, So here's, here's Google meet and I have it turned on for everybody, um, which is important. I mean, if you want, students do need it turned on. If it's not turned on, they can't join a meet. So it does need to be turned on for them. But once it's turned on, if you drill down into it, and you go down into the meet settings themselves, then you start getting some more specific things. And this includes things like can a user create a meet? They call it video calling, let users place video and voice calls. Can a user record a meeting? Can they live stream a meeting? That's where you'd want to go in and then narrow those down and say, hey, we're gonna, you know, go and I'll just pick, you know, like, like my training. Suborg or whatever. Um, you would come in and let's, let's say that you're your students. You would go into your students organizational unit and you would override that. You would say, hey, I want to turn off the ability for the students to be able to place their um, video calls. And I'm going to turn off the ability for them to be able to record a meeting or to stream a meeting. There's nothing else that that needs to be adjusted in there. These other features like Google Classroom, being able to use uh, Meet, that's a um, that's an automatic feature. There's there's nothing that needs to be switched on. It is something you have to do inside of Classroom. So inside of Classroom, when you go into Classroom, and these are just a bunch of demo classes here, we'll just grab a pretend class in this uh, group here. Um, um, what you need to do is in the settings, um, and that settings gear is the little little gear up in the top right-hand corner. In the settings gear, if you scroll on down, you'll see a section in there. I'll zoom in a bit so you can see it. Under the general section, there's a spot for Google Meet, and that's just in your in your gear and your settings. You can then click generate meet link, and what it will do is it will create that link for you, and you can have it visible to the students or not. And once that link has been created, if you go ahead and save that, now when you look at the top of your stream it's there and when you look at the top of classwork there's the meet link up there as well uh, so you so you individually have to turn it on per class but it's not something that needs turned on in the admin console are there other questions though about that yeah
1: there was a ton of questions um so will it close when it's done you answered that already but um it will close when it's done i heard i was watching one video and they said it was like a 20 second gap where kids could rejoin i don't know if google's fixed that since that video was posted a couple weeks ago that
0: i'm aware of so So
1: just be aware of that
0: so yeah when you when you when you exit the meet if you're the last one out the students have all left and you're the last one who exits i think it's i think somebody got it down to like 22 seconds it's like yeah for whatever reason it seems to be right about there there is a little window of time where Google servers are still like shutting the meat down and um, yeah, it's a, that's about a 22 second window. So if a student were to time that properly, you know, and after you leave, they, they keep kind of spamming that link, you know, hitting it again and again to get back in, they could. And so um, I think in the, the little help videos that I had done on that, um, I just basically, the only thing I could recommend people to do is, maybe a few minutes after you've closed out the meet, just pop back in and double check and make sure nobody slipped in during that little, little opening, you know? So if you're like five minutes later, you jump back on and it's still empty then you're fine, you know? Um, But um, I don't know. Have you heard any other suggestions on how to address that?
1: That's what I would suggest. I mean, we haven't had nearly as many issues as we did before Google made all these updates. So it seems to be working pretty well in our district. And I think a lot of it too was setting up those expectations with kids so they knew what was expected. Okay. Um, another question was how do you nickname a reoccurring meet that you can post into Google Calendar?
0: Yeah, so I think it's really just a matter of semantics of, of understanding what we're talking about here. So um, the the whole nickname thing, um, nicknaming doesn't create a link. Okay, no link is actually generated by using a nickname. Um, well, there I mean there is one somewhere way in the background, but it's it's nothing that you know that that we're getting, and it probably changes. As well. The the whole, whole idea behind the nickname is that when somebody goes to Google Meet, so if I head back over to Google Meet as a student and I go to join a meeting, I can type in that nickname instead of having to type in like you know a 10-letter long code or 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 click a link. But if it's a nickname, they're going to have to type in They will literally have to type the nickname in. there's not going to be a link. They're going to click. And so if you made like a recurring calendar event, you wouldn't really be putting a link in that calendar event. You would just put in the description or you you could put them, you could put this meet.google.com. You could say, here's the link guys, go to meet.google.com and then type in this nickname. Um, And so the students would go to Meet, they would click, they would type in the nickname and then they could join. Um, If you used the Google Classroom generated Meet link, that you could certainly put in a calendar event as well. Um, You could come here and from there you could copy, you could copy that link. And that will work like a nickname, and you could put that in a calendar event that's recurring. But again, it's going to be in the description of the calendar link. What you want to avoid doing, because the danger is you're going to go to calendar, and remember, there's a spot in calendar to add video conferencing. And you could click that, and it will generate a Google Meet link. That would be so confusing, because then people would be thinking that's the link they should be clicking on. So you do not, if you're trying to either use this link from Classroom, or if you're just creating a nickname for your events you need to put that in the description of the calendar event and then you can make that a repeating event and folks are just going to have to realize go to meet and type in the code or click this unique link that classroom provided i hope that makes sense
1: i think it does because in the chat she said oh i didn't even think of that (laughs) yeah and then i don't know if you know this answer but one more last question for this topic right now um One of the districts, they have two different domains. So I'm assuming that new classroom meet feature will probably not work and nicknames do not work either. I'm assuming Um, because of the different domains.
0: So, okay. So nicknames only work in your domain. That, that is true. Nicknames only work inside of your organization. Um, You can have, multiple domains though in your g suite so i would have to poke a stick at that like with our spark domain we have more than one so you can be at apps.spark.org you can be at subs.spark.org you can be at we've got a couple of different you know domains inside of it i haven't tried that to see if it sees those as different domains or not but like if i was at you know north canton schools and i created a, a nickname and then I wanted somebody from you know Jackson Local to use it. No, no. you know nicknames are unique within your domain. But can somebody still join a meet who's not part of your domain if it is the classroom link? Yes, they can. I have tried that. I did try that. I took the classroom link and I went over to my personal Gmail account. I went to some different domains to see, Mm -hmm. could you have a guest speaker come speak to your class? And the link did work. It did work. I was able to join um, from a non-organization, a non-domain account.
1: All right, let's see what other new features we have. If we did not answer your questions, add them to the agenda and we will come back to them. Yes. Because those are some really good questions.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think probably it's worth saying, some of these things there's a a definite answer to. Like, oh shoot, I just didn't realize I needed to turn that on or something. Other things, I'm afraid some things are just a little wonky still. I mean, to some degree, things are still getting ironed out. I think some districts, maybe things haven't rolled out entirely to everybody yet. And I think, you know, Google's changing a lot of things. Um, so I think there is a little bit of just instability right now, too. So even if you think, I've done everything I'm supposed to do, that is always a possibility right now that something's just wrong <laughs> and it's hopefully getting fixed, Um But uh, anything that does have a definite answer, I certainly hope we can provide to you guys today. Um, So what was the next update we had here, Stephanie? It looks like this one on... um...
1: Yeah, so the new Gmail feature. um, I got this just this week, so it should be rolling out. You can join a meet right from Gmail. So all you have to click is start a meeting or you can join a meeting right from your email. This is kind of replacing the old Hangouts video call I believe so they're trying to slowly integrate that in the only thing I don't like about it is it pops up in a new window and you can't put it as a tab so it is another window when you do start a meeting from the um, email yeah
0: interesting So it pops out like a totally separate window? If it
1: pops out of your screen, like, and it just kind of is another window, you can't add any tabs to it. Hmm. So that's just something I personally don't like. I would rather it just be with my tab so I can toggle between. And I don't think you can use extensions with it if you go this way. So maybe they're working on different updates, but I'm pretty sure you cannot use – because it looks like the Hangout video chat is just, like, different because when you would present your screen the three dots would be at the top on the Hangouts video call. We're on Meets it's now at the bottom just like it normally is but there's no way to allow extensions to work. So if you've got the Google Meet extension or I think it's Mm -hmm. Classroom Meet extension the whiteboard won't work. If you have the attendance tracker that Clay Smith made that won't work.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If you have all these different extensions they won't work just because it's a pop-out window. So just be aware of that
0: yeah i have not i've seen this this showed up in my gmail as well i didn't try it yet um i just figured oh it'll just open up a new tab um very good for you to let us know that thank you um that'll be something that um we'll have to see if google backtracks on that and says oh no let's just make this be make this just take you right out to you know the regular google meet <laughs> screen and uh just just as another tab um, that would make a lot of sense so good to know on that um let's jump down to the next thing that's meat related then we can swing back up looks like the next batch if unless i'm missing it, it seems to be this one on the 22nd which was the next batch of upgrades that came out to google meet So this batch included um, uh, four things. One was a tiled layout. So I think as many folks know, the extension uh, grid view, uh, came out, um, this last month or so, and, uh, has been a, uh, just a lifesaver for, for so many folks, because the most you could see at first was four people in a Google Meet. That's all you could see. You could have, I mean, they, you could kind of scroll down the side and see, see little things, but as far as in a grid, uh, it was just four people. Um, but, um, Google is responding to that now. Um, uh, And so now when you're in a Google Meet call, um, when you go to your layouts option, uh, the tiled layout now will do up to a four by four grid for 16 participants. What's interesting to hear here is the sentence that says, More updates are coming for larger meetings, better presentation layouts, and support across more devices. So what that kind of indicates to me is that, you know, this is going to continue to grow so that you can see more than 16 people. um, And that there may be even more layout options, but also support across more devices. Because right now, this is a web-based Improvement. This is not something that's going to show up on a mobile device. And so um, hopefully this is something they can uh, adapt to like phones and tablets as well. This layout view is what you would see um, if you're using uh, Google Meet on your desktop, laptop, Mac, PC, Chromebook. Um, And people real
1: quick in the chat are talking about the extension. They're like, oh, I can get rid of the extension. And just know if you have more than the 16 people, you might want to keep the extension on.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, a lot of classes, class sizes are more than 16 students. Also, your video will not pop up in the grid. Mm -hmm. So if you like to see yourself, (laughs) (laughs) it won't be there with the Google grid. So that is available in the extension. So just know the differences in what you want
0: yeah it's it's amazing i mean that that extension really is the grid view extension is 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 fantastic it's amazing uh what what it does you know how it it handles i mean people have said they've had you know 130 plus people in there you know and they just become little bitty squares but it works now i understand that it does stress out your your computer a little bit and so you may not see fluid video motion in each of those little grids, you know, just because it's too much video to try to pump through at once. Uh, but yeah, the grid view extension has other neat options. Yeah. Like that, like being able to, um, uh, to show yourself, to not show people who have their camera turned off, to highlight the person who is speaking. Um, so hopefully, Google will take some cues from that and incorporate those. I still have the extension installed because I was just in a meeting the other day with I don't know thirty or forty people, and um, you know that allowed me to see everybody. Um, so, so we'll see as that continues to to grow.
1: And then, real quick. Um, Jean in the chat. She was wondering if you can see a class when you present and and if so, how I told my teachers to use split screen. So there's an extension. I think it's called tab resize and you can resize it. So you've got part of your screen on one side and then the other on another side. So that's been really helpful. So they can watch their students and then they can show the tab or whatever they need to do on the other side of their screen.
0: So great question Um, and um, I will go ahead and scroll down just for a moment to pull up a resource related to that. Um, So in the show and tell section, what I've pretty much been focusing on this last month has been trying to make little videos to help with questions about things just like that. And so um, one of them uh, recently was um, here three ways to see your students when presenting in Google meet. Um, And so if you follow that link, that'll take you out to um, the seven minute video I did on that. Um, What you just mentioned, Stephanie absolutely. That is the third of the options that that I mentioned in the video, which is to basically separate your tab that you're presenting from the tab that holds the meat, you know, and they can be side by side, they can be slightly overlaid, you know, it depends on how much, how big your monitor is. I, I if you have a small monitor, you might, you know, just have them kind of off from each other a little bit so you can easily jump between the two of them. Or if you want to, you know, actually split them in, in, in half, you, you know, you can do them as two separate tabs. Um, in addition to that though, um, I also covered some other options, including my preferred method, which is having a second monitor attached to your device. And if that's something you've never done before, um, I do go into some details in the video on how to do that. It's not as Complicated as you know, as you might think. Um, like if you have a lap, if you have a laptop, you probably plugged it into a projector at some point. Well, it's basically the same thing. Uh, that port on your laptop is perfect for plugging in another um, monitor. So you can just get another LCD monitor and plug it into that port, and then um, you can have you know two screens: your laptop screen and that other LCD screen next to it. And instead of them them being cloned, like you would do with a projector, you're not showing the same thing, you basically extend your desktop. Now it's gonna be different between a Mac, a PC, and a Chromebook as to how you tell it to extend the desktop. But that's like right now, I'm sitting at a computer with three screens. I have three different screens. And um, what I'm presenting on this screen um, you know, is 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 here, but then I've got a screen to the left where I can see the YouTube video with the chat. I've got a screen to the right where I can see the Zoom um, screen, um, and so uh, that allows me to 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 do that. And so that is definitely my recommendation. If you can just plug another monitor in, um, the second method I talk about is using a, a second device. So if you're like, well. <sighs> I've got my desktop, but there's I, I, it just only supports one monitor. Well, maybe you have a Chromebook that you can fire up at the same time. And so you can join a Meet more than once. You can join the same Meet as yourself on multiple devices. Um, and so you could have a phone, a tablet, a Chromebook, something sitting beside you. And so you might be presenting on one device, but using the other device. And let's say you have your Chromebook there. You could turn on the grid view extension and see all of your students on the Chromebook while you're presenting from your, f- from your desktop. So there's a lot of uh, possible options, um, but um, I tried to dive into those in that particular video. So um, that one um, is uh, further down in there. It looks like a bit had a, he said, try this extension. So here's a Chrome extension called Dual-less, Um And it looks like that extension For those that don't have a dual monitor, it splits your browser window with just two quick clicks. Yeah, that's awesome. That is great. And then there are a lot of them. Like I used to use one called um, tab scissors and I'd use that to split it. There's probably dozens of those, but if it's one you've had success with, thank you for for putting the link in there because some of them work better than others for splitting your screen apart. Awesome. Did you see anything else there, Stephanie, before we catch the other updates from this let me see i'll close out all my other tabs here i think
1: we got most of the the questions and i told them to just add it to the agenda because the chat's been pretty crazy which is awesome (laughs) Um, (laughs) people were just suggesting using your phone like joining as another person right Mm -hmm. and you could use your phone yep right as a google meet attendee yes i'm also having people use their phone as a document camera yes teachers are really (laughs) missing that piece so just put it up above. And start writing. Um, so just some really good feedback in the chat about ideas.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and those, those are the kind of things that, you know, come up when we start trying to use this technology, you know, in a, in a unique situation, it's like suddenly like, wow, you know, how are we going to do that? So, um, uh, again yeah I would definitely recommend investigating all three of those options of um, having a second monitor having a second device or splitting screens on your on your one screen um, all right um, so that was one of the updates in there was that the larger um tiles, um, 16 participants at once. Um, the other things that were included in this update, um, low light mode, noise cancellation, that's all good. Um, but this is really, I think, the second big piece of this one, in addition to the larger tile, is the ability to present a Chrome tab instead of presenting a window or a screen. And you may say, well, what's that all about? What's, you know, what's kind of the point behind that? Well, it really has to do with um, video and audio. So if you are in a Google meet and you go to present, you used to only have two options, present your window, um, or present the entire screen. And so, um, the, the problem with that though was there wasn't a lot of consistency as to how well it would pick up audio and how well it would render the video. Um, and so people would be like, well, I'm, huh, I'm, I'm presenting my window, but nobody can hear what sound my computer's making. And so sometimes we're like, okay, well, you're going to have to just turn up the speakers and see if your mic can catch it, you know, because it just wasn't working. Well, what they've done is they've added this new feature where you can choose to present a Chrome tab instead of a window or a screen, and they've optimized it. So if you choose to present a Chrome tab, it will pass through the audio and video of that tab in high quality. So if you need to show a video to your students, if you need to demonstrate a website that has audio on that website, um, the option now that you wanna do is to choose present a Chrome tab and then pick just the tab that has that video or that audio content in it. That way it'll come through properly in the Google Meet. So those um, were four new updates we got. I think the, the 16 participants and the uh, tab um, presenting is, are the most critical in there. But low light mode is great in case you're in a spot where people can't see you well. It'll adjust and noise cancellation. It's just some AI to try to take out some keystrokes and dog barks. <laughs> so, um, so we've got those updates there. All right. Um, let's see what else did we have that was still meat related I think that actually caught this other one because it must have broken out into a second uh, post there's a post here on just that itself presenting the high quality uh, video and audio so I think the only other thing on meat um, probably will not really apply to anybody necessarily here because we're probably mostly school folks here but Just this one just came out yesterday that Google Meet now is available for personal Gmail accounts. It used to be if you had a Gmail account, you had to use Hangouts. And Meet, if you tried to go to Meet, it said, sorry, this is only for education and business use. Uh, Google has opened it up now, so anybody can use Google Meet um, with just a regular Gmail account as well.
1: And I think that will help with parent meetings. So if you wanted to meet with your parents and didn't want to use their child's account, they could use their own Gmail account and join you in a Google meeting. So maybe if you're trying to do parent-teacher conferences, I have a lot of teachers that are doing like book studies with their parents, or if you just want to talk with your parents, because I know they're probably struggling too. So this might be a good resource for you.
0: Yeah. So let's pause there with meet and just see if there's any other questions people had A lot of people are
1: just saying they don't have some of these features. It's just straggling, rolling out, correct?
0: Yeah. And it's not an admin turn on.
1: It's just you got to wait and be patient. And yes, you would think things would come at once. But for some of the features, like I had the grid view before I had um, the tab view. So just know it is a couple days and you just have to wait.
2: So yeah, all roll out. <laughs> that's
0: true. And keep in mind you, your domain might be on rapid release. You might be on the the scheduled release. Um, I've got my domains on rapid release, so they get them as quickly as possible, but there's still typically a two week window they'll give for rollout. And then, um, many times the scheduled release will be behind the rapid release. You know, it may be another week before that. Usually if you follow any of these links to these, um, to these articles, they'll, they'll let you know in there. Like in this case, they're saying they've, you know, they're adjusting the, um, the rollout. They're saying, um, for example, this presenting your tab, um, they say we've updated, uh, we, this feature is fully rolled out now to all rapid release domains. However, scheduled release domains will be getting it starting, you know, April 29th and should have it by May 1st, you know? So, um, checking out the different blog posts that we have linked in here many times, it'll give that sort of information in there to let you know whether it's still rolling out. Having said that, it's still not perfect. Sometimes I've noticed things took longer than they thought it would take for us to get some of these features. Yeah. Anything else meat related? Um, I know I'll mention just a little bit more later and I did mention, you know, already, but um, that's sort of what I've been, camping out on over the last month is creating short videos to help support those sort of things. Um, and so like we mentioned, being able to see your students when you're presenting, um, but several other ones. And again, I'll um, try to touch on some of those before we wrap up here later on, but, uh, all right, let's see. Um, other news that is worth mentioning. Um, I think we left off here with um, the Google Drive in-app document scanner. This is not a new thing. It just got an updated uh, material design makeover. The only reason I put it in is just because I think some people still just might not know it exists. It may have been one of those things that just kind of snuck below the radar. And that is if you are using the Google Drive mobile app. On your phone. There's an option in the mobile app when you go to, um, uh, to create, if you click on the little plus button, like you want to create something, one of the options includes scan. And so basically you can take a picture of a document with your phone. And then after you take a picture of it, it will let you um, grab the corners and square it up. So if you didn't get it quite square, you can pull in the corners so you get it exactly squared up and then you can take multiple pictures one after the other, after the other to add it as subsequent pages. And it'll basically create a PDF for you uh, just by taking pictures and stitching them all together um, into a PDF. So, um, you know, it's gonna, your mileage will vary as far as the resolution of your camera and, you know, the quality of the original thing that you're taking a picture of and the lighting and all those things. But hey, if you just needed to do a quick, you know, hey, I need to turn this into a PDF and all I have is this paper version of it and it's three pages long, you can do that right from the mobile app of Google Drive.
1: And also if you use that feature, you can convert a photo into a Google Doc and it will take that text and translate it um to the google doc so i have like a couple teachers that are using that because they've got their pdfs and it's like passages that the kids have to read and they're just scanning it and then it will take those words and put them into the google doc it's super nice um it does not work with math but i think you could use equatio to help you with math
0: yeah that is great yeah the the ocr the optical character recognition built into there to yes take a picture that has text in it and let that get converted into a google doc and it will pull the text out very nice all right what do we have next here stephanie looks like google duo
1: Duo. all right so google duo i use this because i have um the google pixel and so i don't get to use facetime and i love google duo we have been using it a lot recently and They just added a couple new features. So it's a video streaming just kind of like FaceTime is and you can download it on your iPhone if you want. And you can have like group chats, you can take um, pictures in it, and then you can also kind of add some fun filters.
0: And it looks like the big thing is they've increased their group size. Yep. So now They said it was eight and now it's up to 12 and it says in the coming weeks, we plan to increase it even further. Huh? So I wonder, has anybody used duo for um, remote teaching and learning? I'm curious. It looks
1: like in the chat, a lot of people are using it with like families. They said it's great to make calls. Some people use it with their Google home or their Google nest hub.
2: Okay.
0: Well, that's interesting. I mean, um that is uh I, I have I think I used it maybe once long, long, long ago, uh, but I ended up just, you know, using Hangouts and Meet and things like that. Um, but uh that's great to know that it is uh getting support for much larger groups. Um which would be very helpful to support folks. I would say probably my guess would be as a school, it's best to stick with Google Meet because, you know, Meet is, you know, compliant with all of the hippas and COPPAs and sippas and, and all those different things. So probably this more for, you know, if you need to connect with other adults um, or things for family. It's good to know. Awesome. Um, let's see what's up next here. I think we hit meet, meet, meet. Oh. Google Sites. So Google Sites did get some updates here. Um, And the the two that jumped out at me the most in this was the templates and the announcement banners. And so basically what they've done now with Google Sites is if you go into create a Google Site, they now have, I believe, 10 different pre-made templates you can choose from. And they include things like a club site or a small business site or a class site, a team site, a project site, a help center, where they've already put together um, the layouts and, and, and framework for you to then go in and fill in the information so that you don't have to completely start from scratch when building a Google site. They plan to add more templates in the future, but I think we've got about 10 of them to start with right now. Um, the other thing that caught my eye was the announcement banners. I'm sure you've seen these on lots and lots of web pages, where you go to the website and you get a big yellow banner across the top with some sort of an important announcement, you know, like, hey, our conference is canceled or something like that. Well, you can now create those announcement banners in Google Sites. Um, you can pick the, the color and the comment and, and, and then boom, it adds that across the top there. So people can read the announcement and click a button to get more information on it. So some timely things to make it easier to create sites, but also during this time with all the crazy cancellations and all the announcements and things we have to give, a great way to draw attention to new information using an announcement banner. Right, Um, and then what do we have here with the new sharing dialogue?
1: So I was really excited when I saw this one and then I had a friend, um, Luis, he's in the chat. He was like, my teachers don't like this and we haven't had it rolled out yet. I have not. Well, either. Now I'm nervous. Um, but I had a lot of teachers that were struggling with sharing documents because they've started to hyperlink their work to one document rather than in Google Classroom, how it kind of auto does the sharing settings for them. So a lot of teachers really struggled with knowing how to share a document. And I just assumed they knew how to do that. Right. And so that was my fault. Um, but they're just kind of updating it. And the updated look to me, I was like, oh, this will be so much easier because before they had to click advance and then they had to click this where here they can see right there, the link is right there for them. And then they can change it rather than clicking the advance.
0: You know, I agree with you. It looks good to me. I haven't gotten it either yet though. Yeah. This has not rolled out to me yet. Um, But I, I think you're you're totally right there. We assume sometimes, oh, everybody knows how to share, um, but it can get tricky because we think, oh, am I sharing with specific people or am I trying to get a link to share with a more general audience? And although I think it's been pretty easy to figure out how to share with people, The normal sharing dialogue, it's a little confusing when it comes to getting the shareable link and who's it really shared with and how do I change it? And you're right, you end up going into the advanced settings to try to adjust it. So by breaking these apart and letting you be able to work with them individually, I hope that does clear things up take a little getting used to. And of course it means, again, all of my screenshots are wrong for everything, you know? uh, Thanks Google, Uh, but. uh, but And I think too,
1: it will be nice to see the people that are collaborating on that document with you because when you add a person, it automatically adds them as an editor. So you'll be able to see when it pops up, oh, I don't want them as an editor so I can quickly change them back to viewer.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, again, it's going to take time to get used to. We all have to adjust to those kind of things. But I know the intention is they're trying to move towards something that's more transparent and understandable as to how things are being shared. All right. Well, the last thing I had in here, and then we will move into uh, some of our other content, um, is that uh, Google Lens, which is um, uh, Google's, like... um, AI uh, camera tool. Uh, it's built into lots and lots and lots of different Google products. You know, you, you point your your, your camera um, at an item and it basically runs a Google search to figure out what is this thing and it tells you about it. Well, Google Lens apparently is is going to, at least they're working on embedding a math problem solver. Um, so this is more of a rumor, but it's from 9to5Google, and they're very reputable. I share a lot of their content out. They were digging into the new code uh, for um, uh, for for Google Lens and came across things that were talking about uh, math equations for steps to solve and the solution. Well, they said maybe this is Uh, Google taking uh, the the Socratic app that they bought and integrating it into Google Lens, which would make perfect sense. If you're not familiar with Socratic, it is a mobile app that Google purchased um, a while back here. And it lets you just take a picture of a problem and it works it out for you and shows you you how to solve it. Um, Or you can take pictures of not just math, pretty much anything. And it will try to find instructional videos and related websites that help support it. Um, so uh, I think it's important just to be aware of this because, you know, as, you know, math teachers, um, you know, we need, you know, people need to know, okay, you know, be aware this is a resource your students may have. They may be able to just point Google Lens at their math problem and see how to solve it. And, you know, it's something that will you need to be aware of and talk to our students about the appropriate way to use this when and when not to use a, a tool like that. So just heads up on that. All right, anything else before we move into our other sections here? That was what's new in Google.
1: I think we're all set.
0: So what I'd like to do is let's take things a little bit out of order. Um, we definitely want to address Q&A. Um, but because it is more of a large growing section, we'll put it at the end here today. That way, um, we will cover um, all the things that Sarah has to share with us, and then you, you know, we can share our show and tell things, and then we can come back around to Q&A, and if we can pick off a few of them in the time that we have together, we will. But please know that um, we will definitely do our best to go back through these and fill in any answers that we can. And again, from everybody that's here today, you are encouraged. <laughs> to fill in answers as well. So uh, in addition to questions, in addition to cues, you can put some A's in. <laughs> so, um, so with that said, let's do this. Let's switch over to our show and tell instead. And I want to give uh, proper time to Sarah Kiefer, who is our guest today, so that she has um, all the time she needs to be able to to share um, uh, her her resources and then uh, after sarah 's done, then uh, Stephanie you and I can share some some uh, show and tell resources, and then we 'll take it from there so um, sarah let's let 's get you let 's get you on now, um, and if you would like um, I can I can stop sharing my screen if you want to share yours, or if it's you, if you just want me to click on the links, I can just pull them up while you talk about them
2: um i'm I'm good either way. It, does it work better if you do the clicking?
0: It's fine, yeah, I can just click i mean there's if there's things you just want me to bring up, I'll just click while while you talk.:
2: um, Sure, why don't we try that, and then if we need to, I can always okay. So um, just, again, I'm Sarah Kiefer. I'm a tech integration specialist in the Ross local school district, um, which is near Cincinnati. And my background is 14 years in the classroom, um, half of it at fifth grade, and then the other half at seventh and eighth grade. So mostly middle school age. And then um, when I moved into my tech role, I was shifted down to the elementaries. So it was a huge shift for me, like mindset wise, and um, you know, it it really forced me to grow. And uh, all the teachers that I work with um, are wonderful. And um, the other big chunk, the other big hat that I wear is I'm the co-coordinator for our eighth grade DC trip. And um, through that, I've also pushed myself to learn quite a bit of technology. And um, being a Google district, uh, I've relied a lot on Google and their tools. So that's kind of what I'm wanting to share today. I do have my Twitter account logged, um, LinkedIn here. Um, I have my two, um, actually I have three blogs if you will. Um, This is my main one. I try to share out um, a lengthier one roughly once a week. Um, And then my second one, um, the resources one. They're just like a little quick Um, resources. I don't do a whole lot of explaining. It's more like, Hey, have you checked this one? Like I shared last night about the science experiments. Um, We are teachers shared that one out Um, and it's science experiments kids can do at home, you know, to help kind of support teachers in any of their endeavors. And then the third one is one that I co-created with one of my third grade colleagues. Uh, It's called templates for teachers. And she and I were noticing that a lot of teachers in our district We're asking like, Hey, I heard that you made this for so-and-so, you know, can I have a copy of it? And what we decided to do like a year and a half ago was um, we created a website where we shared this out and it's shared out there freely for anybody who wants to um, take them, make their own copy. We encourage you to modify to truly fit the needs of your particular students. And, Literally in like the last three weeks, we've switched over to this format. And what we've tried to do is also give you, um, you know, it was created for this grade level. This is how you could work with it with older students. And this is how you could work with it with younger students. Um, so any of these are, um, free for teachers to take and use and modify, um, and we are um, slowly moving everything over. We've got about half of what we used to have um, over on this new site. Um, you can imagine that right now both of us are pretty busy. Um, so making that conversion at this point um, has been a little bit difficult, but well needed and um, we're very happy with it. So um, Eric, sharing out looks a lot
0: really of... It really nice. Oh my Thank gosh. You.
2: Yep, that's one of the blog reviews that I saw. Yeah.
0: I like um,
2: that. And we really liked it because it gives you a, a real quick, cute, like um image grabbing. Um you know, it, it it just seemed like real visually appealing to um.
0: I love it. That's great.
2: Yeah, so we're very happy with it. And um actually, Eric, we presented about this at your Spark conference yes. last summer.
0: <laughs> I know, I remember. Yep. Oh, that's um, great.
2: Yep. So then, um, but what I want to share today too is also on my blog post. You can see I've linked them down there. Um, I, what I do most of the time is out of need for our teachers and they come to me and a lot of times they'll give me like their scenario and then we talk through, we have conversations like, you know, what is it that you really need and what tools do you have? What are your kids comfortable with? And we move forward with that. Um, I did a lot of the same thing with, um Alyssa Bruck she is the other coordinator for the DC trip and we really try to communicate with our parents um heavily you know we're taking their kids you know halfway across the country we wanted to make sure that they're comfortable with that um so one of my fascinations is uh an, an app and that's always like the coding piece is always i felt like above my head um and then I saw a post by Micah Shippy. I think I'm saying his name correctly.
0: Yes.
2: And he had um, shared how he used a Google Slide as an app for his students, and I was very intrigued. So Alyssa's always real good. She um, she gives me the space and the encouragement, and she's my little guinea pig when I want to try things out. I've got a couple screenshots in this blog post, and. Um, you know we put this app out one year and it it went over really well um so basically all this is is a google slide and it's linked heavily to various pieces and the first year i told her the night that we published it and shared it with our parents i said um i called her and i said Alyssa, i feel like i just put my baby out in traffic you know and you know <laughs> are people gonna like this and overwhelmingly um, our parents have been very happy the students would use it and there's so many benefits to this because it's shareable I could update it you know and it was it was updated on their end Um, you can see we linked a lot of various pieces to our trip and uh, very happy with it did round two um, the following year and again I mean just just very happy so what I did was I thought you know maybe people would so in that blog post Um, Eric, if you go back to it, there is a template that people can um, click on. It's right there. And that go up a little bit above that first picture. You that bit.ly. Okay. And so you could take this and um, you can make your own copy of it. And basically what I did was I stripped out any of our, you know, specific information to our, Um, Our trip, obviously, I don't want to be sharing out any of our students' names and information like that, but you could just basically plug in your information um, if you wanted to or customize, you know, to to fit your needs. And uh, our parents and our students were very happy with it. Um, And then, you know, things started clicking for me. I thought, well, if we can use this for our trip, why not use it for your classroom? You know, I know that there's Google Classroom. Um, there's other LMSs that people can use, um, but sometimes, like for parents of little ones, that that's not always so heavily available at home on the home side, depending on what your district does. So I modified that one, and this is more like what um, Micah was sharing out. Like you could take a Google Slide and you publish it to the web, and you share it with your parents, and then they can add that to the home screen you know, of their phones. And then as long as you keep it updated, it, it really can be a very powerful um, piece for parents to stay informed as well as to be able to connect. Uh, so I was really pleased with that too. I think that's gotten um, some good reception.
0: I love, absolutely love that idea. I mean, it, it is it is, it's just so clever because it's a it's a non-linear slideshow. I mean, and for years, I know we've talked about non-linear slideshows. I've talked about, oh, let's do this for a Jeopardy game. Let's do this for a choose-your-own-adventure story. Let's do this for a self-grading quiz. Um, But to take that idea and say, yeah, let's do it to make a, version of like a mobile app you know um, because it is it's it is a slideshow in presentation mode where these are clickable links and those links are jumping to other slides in the slide deck or jumping out to other resources and because it's a slideshow it's easy to create <laughs> and like hey. you said you could just give a link to people and they can add that link as a shortcut on their you know, homepage of their, of their phone. And anytime they click it, it just opens up the most recent version of the slideshow and it acts like an app. It's great. (laughs) I love it.
2: Yeah. And probably one of my um, favorite stories with the, the trip one was we were at the Capitol building and I think we had slightly missed our appointment and we had to split our group and we needed numbers and we needed them pretty quick. Um, And we had like total numbers for each bus but then um, the tour guide that was with us, he was like, you know, it, it, you know, we had to count people off and all that kind of stuff. And I said, you know what, Larry? I said, I should add that into our app. And I sat down while we were waiting for our turn to go in. And I pulled open the um, the slides app on my phone, pulled up our app, added in the numbers that I needed to. Now, granted, I mean, working on your phone is slightly more cumbersome than, you know, pulling out your computer, but I'm not lugging my laptop everywhere with me. And I modified it right there on the fly. And it was like, man, this is, this is pretty awesome. So uh, yeah, it's, it's got a lot of, you know, for teachers, something, you know, we, we link things wrong or we type something wrong. It's, you don't have to wait for the next update to come out, you know, to fix things. It's, it's pretty, pretty live. So I was, and the thing that I was thinking about with the classroom app was this is where you could really pull your students in because slides can be collaborative. Yes. You know, as a class, you could come up with a theme. Um, You could assign different students. You know, maybe that's one of your jobs is that they update the homework each day or week or, um, you know, however you would, you know, the messages that you might tuck in there for parents um, you know, so it wouldn't even have to be completely on the teacher. You know, you could have that as a class uh, project more or less.
0: Well, that is fantastic. So That is there so are, You are
2: great. getting
1: so many amazing feedback in the chat. People are loving this idea.
2: Oh, thank you. Um, yes, I do I have to give you to know that. I do have to give Micah credit because he did, um, he came up with it first and then, You know, like what we do with a lot of things is somebody has one idea and then you take it and you, you know, you you add a little bit of something or you make it work for you. And uh, and I love it.
0: But that's the beauty of of that. And I I love that mindset. I mean, you know, I, I can't tell you how many things I've, you know, shared that. I saw, you know, somebody do something similar to that. I'm like, oh, that is so neat. And then, you know, it brews in your head and you think about it and you go, well, how about, you know, if I put this twist on it, you know, and I'm so happy when something I've created later on, I see somebody has said, well, what if I do this other twist on? And I'm like, go for it good deal, thanks, that's wonderful, you know, and it's, I I love that, that educator mindset of we're all better together, we're all sharing, and we're building on top of each other, Um, so uh, thank you for um, not just creating these things, but sharing them so generously with others.
2: Oh, I I absolutely love it, and, um, you know, my contact information is all in there. I've had um, several people, you know, reach out and ask for some help. I know it's very intimidating um, from like the outside looking in, but then when you jump into it, it it is Google Slides. So if you're comfortable with that, you know, keep it simple. And I think we're on like version like 4.0 um, of it. So it, you know, it's it's something that just continually updates and changes and improves over time. So that's another, you know, like you're talking mindset. You just always have to be listening to feedback and and go from there, Um, which leads me into. I'm going to skip over the one with sites, but Google Sites. um, That was uh, last year's big piece of feedback is from the slides, because sometimes you do link out to um, like calendar or you link out to the tour company or you link out to something else. Um, I had some feedback that was, you know, I kind of felt like it was jumpy. It was a little all over the place. So I actually started housing it in Google Sites. And the one thing I want to say about that is um, I would always render it in preview mode for my phone. So if you look at the Google site that I have created um, for our next trip, if you look at it on a computer, it looks a little bit odd because I truly meant it to be on people's phones. But it also gave me the ability to like keep everything contained inside of um, that Google site. So it gives it right. a little bit more of that app feel. And again, it's a website, right? So you can um, add it to your home screen on your phone. It works across, you know, all platforms. People still can pull it up on your, um, on your computer, your tablets. Um, and that's another big thing that I just love about Google. Like it's not any specific platform. Sometimes they operate slightly different, but um, you know, taking what you know, taking the best of it and moving forward.
0: Absolutely.
2: And then, Eric, if you don't mind, I am going to take over sure. for this next one. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm going to go ahead and hit stop share. Sure. And then that, you should, that should give you the freedom to start sharing.
2: Yep. Um, so this, the background story for this one is um, a third grade teacher came to me and she wanted an easier way to... They, they use Google Classroom, but they don't have our gradebook open to parents. So in Google Classroom with all of this distance learning, it can kind of be overwhelming unless you have it organized like beautifully as far as like what is done and what is not done. Um, so we actually started using a Glide app. And I don't know if anybody is familiar with yes, Glide apps.
0: Glide is awesome. I'm so glad you're sharing about this.
2: Yes, it's it's phenomenal. Um, and it's all built from a Google Sheet. So that's where like again, like with apps and coding and all that, if you're intimidated, like I still kind of am. Um, GlideApps is a great way to start. And I also think this has a lot of value in a classroom setting. You could create apps with your students um, and let the students create apps and you know you're building it all from a, a Google Sheet they have a lot of templates and everything, which is really cool. But this third grade teacher and had asked for help with coming up with this. And I said, Hey, why don't we do a glide app? So here's the Google sheet that we created. And you can see, it's actually kind of, in my opinion, it's kind of ugly looking like it's very simplistic, but you know, keeping it simple, you don't need anything wild and crazy. And then when you go to um, glide, this is the actual app and, again, I'm a very visual person. So I very much appreciate that, you know, they render the app on the website for you. Um, and I think what I linked is this Google doc where um, I've kind of like laid out, I'd wanted to make this a little bit prettier, but um, you know, time is of the essence right now. So I just kind of like threw these things together, there are little videos that are linked Um you know, like a minute, 30 seconds to show you what you need to do each time. Um, But the cool thing is, is I've got this so that only the parent of that specific student can see the comments or the assignments for that particular student, which is really what we wanted. Um, You know, you don't want to share out your whole grade book to everybody in the class. Um, So from that, this Glide app is amazing. So right now it looks like there's nothing there. Um, and I have two tabs down here at the bottom. See this little person over here, preview as. So I'm previewing, you, previewing it in my um, trainer domain, which is not a parent email that is attached to this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the data. And then I'm just going to pick, and you can see these are all fake emails. Um, these are, the sheet is linked in there. You can make a copy of this and then um, put in your student's information if you wanted to. So I'm just gonna copy this information and then I'm gonna go back to the layout and then we're gonna preview it as that particular parent. And you can see that it, it pulls up Rochelle's information right here. And you can see it for both of the tabs. And this is the more current week Um, The other cool thing about this is if you don't have anything filled in on any of the assignments, it doesn't show up. So if we go back to the previous week, you can see that I have some things filled in and some things not filled in. You're only going to be able to see Monday math assignment one and Tuesday reading assignment two. Those are the only things that are going to show up for those students because those are the only things in a way of thinking about that I've checked, that I've graded. Um, so you're not adding in absolutely everything. Parents are able to see what you have made comments on.
0: Yeah, I've played around with Glide a little bit, not a whole lot, but enough to be so impressed with it. Um and all the templates that they have created yes. that you can just and really it is. It's just a it's just a it's like it reminds me of like flippity, you know, it's like, you know, if you've used flippity to create, you know, a hangman game or to create, you know, um, a random student name, you know, picker um, it's that same idea that it's a Google spreadsheet in the background that's holding all the data. But then through the glide service, it, you know, renders it as an app that Yes, people can install and it, can write both directions you know you can get people can submit things on the app and it writes it to the spreadsheet and you can add things to the spreadsheet and it shows up in the app yeah Um, and you don't have to even customize things you can just use the templates they've got but you can if you want to customize oh my you can change anything you want
2: yeah it's it's free right um it is free up to a certain point um do you see over here on the left Mm -hmm. Um, the, it's limited to 500 rows of data. So if you think about like, if you had a tab for each week, so in this, this particular example, it's um, each tab down here at the bottom is in theory one week of school. So if you have 25 students, you know, do the math 25 times X gives you 500 rows of data. Um, But my understanding is that columns like are unlimited but you could only have like one sheet that has 500 rows or 10 sheets that have 50
0: yeah
2: and then you would have to upgrade Mm. yeah but there there are some creative ways around that if you wanted to uh you know push your limits if you felt the need to um But they were very happy with this. Um, The one teacher's already pushed it out to her class and she's gotten some very positive feedback. Um, It's just, it's really simple. And then the, probably the easiest way when you click on the sign in too, I have to give them props for this. They've allowed a Google sign in. So if you allow that Google sign in, anyone that signs in with a Google account doesn't need the um, password verification that they would typically have emailed and that's why you would put in the email it sends you a password and then if your email attaches to something on your sheet you know then you put in the password and then you have access to it but if you use google and that's an email that's attached how it nice shows up yeah it's pretty it's very nice and it, again it's one of those because it's like the the google slide app when you update the slide it shows up fairly quickly when you update the sheet, it also shows up fairly quickly for the parents.
0: That is excellent. Well, that is so neat. So three different ways to, <laughs> to, to create your own app from a Google slideshow to a Google site, to a Google sheet integrated with glide. That's, yep. that's fantastic.
2: Thank you for sharing, Sarah. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, we really, really, really appreciate that. And like I said, if folks weren't aware of all the stuff you share uh, I certainly hope they they do know that now and um, your uh, three blogs that you've got linked in there from your uh, in-depth blog to your resource blog to your template site um, should be things that everybody has got bookmarked or pulled into an RSS feeder or so or, so they can uh, can uh, stay up to date with all the things that that you're sharing that is oh, awesome
2: thank you thank you
0: Well, great. Well, I will go ahead and share my screen again. So let me get back to that. And it should be this one here. Yep, there we go. All right. (laughs) And so, um, Sarah, if you have anything else that you wanna add uh, as we continue on, uh, please feel free to do so. What we're going to do is take a moment to uh, mention a few other show and tell things. So this portion of the, of the agenda is where we share neat tips, tricks, resources, things we've come across, just like, just like Sarah just did right there. Um, each month, uh, Stephanie and I try to pull together some things that caught our attention as well. And then we welcome you guys as a community to do the same. I can see that Bruce has done so, and Scott and several other people have shared uh, awesome resources, and we encourage you guys to do that. Um, we probably won't have the time to go through all of these resources, but that's okay. They're all there for you guys. To dig into, and to uh, and to explore. Um, if uh, Stephanie, if you see any in here that you definitely want to draw attention to, though, that would be fantastic. Um, I'll go ahead and just mention my show and tell stuff uh, real quick, and then I'll turn it over to you, Stephanie, and you can share uh, whatever ones you would like to highlight. Okay. Um, so like I mentioned before, my main focus, like everybody's right now, has been just trying to support schools (laughs) during this time. And so what I've been working on is creating videos on mostly classroom and meet. Uh, We're up to nine classroom videos and maybe it's 13 meet now. I think I just added another one. So I think, I think it's actually 13, not 12, but that's okay. Um, And you can go straight to these links to see the full list of all of the videos. Um, But then what I did was I also added the new videos that I did since our last meeting. So there's a few that I've added since the last time we meet that we met. Um, But again, you can get to the full list of all of these. And the idea behind it is, you know, if somebody's just getting, you know, new to classroom, like, well, hey, you know, I kind of used it, but I didn't really have to use it. And now I need to use it you know, well, you know, these nine classroom videos hopefully will, you know, give you everything you need to know from creating a class to adding students to posting in the stream and materials and assignments and students completing assignments and grading and quizzes and all those kind of things. And the same thing with Google Meet, you know, these videos are uh, nice and hopefully short and sweet, you know, just how to start a meet and get people invited and joining and recording and using the grid view and all those sort of things. Well, what I've added most recently are uh, these following ones. So I do have a, um, a video on using the grid view extension that we've talked about many times already here today that allows you to see everybody at once in the Google Meet. Um, I did do one on creating quizzes in Google Classroom. Um, and I tried again, really tried to boil it down to um, the absolute most basic because you can spend a lot of time learning how to create a Google Form quiz, Um, but uh, I got it down to eight minutes. So if that's possible, so it takes you through all the, you know, critical things you need to know. If you're in Google classroom and you want to create a self-grading quiz, I do of course have the earlier webinar I did uh, a while back. Um, that's a one hour webinar on very detailed steps on creating a quiz with forms. But if you just need, um, to get started at it, this, uh, eight minute video will give you what you need to do to set up a quiz and get it out to your kids and get it graded. Um, I did do, uh, couple of posts on uh, things like how to keep students from, um, starting or recording a Meet. This one is more for administrators. So this goes into that to those admin console settings that you need to go into so that students can use Google Meet to join a Meet, but they're not able to start their own or record Meets and so forth. Um, I then did have the one on how to use nicknames to keep students from joining or rejoining a Google Meet without you. Now keep in mind, I did this one then later about how to use that feature in classroom. So both of these cover the same kind of idea. If you're using Google Classroom. Uh, this one explains how to use the Google Meet uh, option in Google Classroom. If you're not a classroom user, this one up here talks about how you can use the nickname approach to keep students from joining or rejoining a Meet without you. Uh, there is the one in here on using whiteboard tools with uh, with Hangouts Meet. Uh, um, I guess just Meet now or tr- we're dropping the Hangouts. I, I heard Google is officially just gonna call it Google Meet, which is okay. Uh, there is no built-in whiteboard tool, although there's um, There's an extension that allows you to get a whiteboard. There's, you know, there's a lot of different options out there. I ended up focusing on two things. I looked at Chrome Canvas and Google Jamboard. And so this eight minute video uh, gets into looking at both of those. The idea being that Chrome Canvas would be a great way to do a whiteboard if you're just demonstrating, but if you need it to be collaborative, if you need to work together with the students, Jamboard is perfect for that because you can create a Jamboard, you can push it out to the students through the the chat in the the Meet or any method that you want to give it to them, and the students can jump in the Jamboard with you, and you can work together on the whiteboard. You can draw, you can add pictures, uh, you can add notes, um, and it is a collaborative whiteboard that can be used while you're doing the Google Meet. And there's many other tools. That's certainly not the only whiteboard tools out there, but those were two that I picked to highlight that. Um, We already talked about this one. Uh, It's a video on how to see your kids when you're presenting in Google Meet, three different options for doing that. Um, This next one, um, giving remote control and then annotating PDFs together. Both of these came from some questions that I got from some of our OTs and PTs. So like our occupational therapists and physical therapists saying, Well, you know, when I'm in a Google Meet, I wish I could give remote control over to the students so that they can use my mouse to complete an activity that I need them to complete. Um, Zoom has that feature. You can give mouse control to somebody else. Well, Meet does not have that feature, but it can be done by using, with Google Meet, using Chrome Remote Desktop. And at first, it looks a little intimidating, but I played around with it long enough and I found this crazy simple Uh, hack that you can use with Chrome Remote Desktop where you can get a unique link that instead of all you basically have to do is just get this unique link for your remote desktop session and you can give that to the student in the chat and the student simply just clicks the link and that's it. They, They automatically join your session and you have you give them control over your mouse and then they can start moving your mouse and completing whatever task you need them to complete. And then you can, you know, end that session as well uh, while you're still connected through the uh, Google meet. Um, And then the one on annotating PDFs together, same sort of thing. Um, Some folks were saying, Hey, I, we've got these letter tracing worksheets and I need to see the student trace the letters. I, I, I need to see them do that. And it's a PDF. Now, sure. We could, put it into Jamboard, you know, convert it into something and add it to Jamboard and have them draw on it in Jamboard. But they said, you know, if it's a PDF, is there any way we can, you know, do this in Google Meet? And I looked at Doc Hub, I looked at a bunch of other things. Turned out Cami is the perfect match for this one because um, you can very easily throw a PDF into Cami, And then what's so nice about it is with just a couple of clicks, you can get a shareable link that you can give to the students in the chat, and they don't have to sign into anything. They just click the link and boom, they can just start drawing and writing right on top of the PDF and its real time. As soon as they draw a line, it shows up on the PDF for you. So you can watch the student as they fill out whatever that activity is. Uh, I hope to add more videos um, over the coming weeks. Um, I've got a big queue of ones that I'm trying to work on, but those are the ones that um, I put out here in in the last month. And I would encourage you to share these with others if people can benefit from them or use them yourselves. Or let me know, are there other pain points that some videos would be helpful for? And I appreciate any of those suggestions. All right, turn that over to you, Stephanie.
1: All right, so the first link is an EdTech SmackDown. So we did like a quick demo slam last month or a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, what month is it? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And so um, we just, everybody had a minute and they got to share their favorite tip, trick, or tool during the SmackDown. And again, they only had a minute to share. And then there were some fun pre Smack videos of different, like, kind of uh, smash talking giving everybody a hard time. And it was a (laughs) lot of fun. And there's so many tools that were offered during the SmackDown. It was about two hours and there is a SmackDown two coming very soon because there was so much incredible feedback. So if you would like to get more information on that, there is the website in the show notes. That's awesome. Um, The next one, it kind of all three goes together. So there's group work. We'll start with that blog post. Um, Emma pass. She is an amazing educator. And she was talking about using Google Meet for group activities. And so she has like a document that she kind of uses and she breaks the kids into different groups. And then they join a Google Meet and she provides the link. You can see how she's hyperlinking them in that image. Mm -hmm. And then she shares it with her class. So then the kids can join and they can collaborate with one another because I feel like a lot of kids are missing their friends. And then if you go back to the agenda, there's two different kind of tabs that might help you. Um, The Google Meet tab might help with muting that tab because if you go up and you mute the Google Meet tab, it's going to mute all Google Meets. Where this extension, will mute that one Google Meet so then you can listen to the other Google Meet and you don't have all that feedback coming back.
0: Hmm, Um, Interesting.
1: Another tip was this mute. So if you're working on another tab, you can unmute from your tab. So you just have to have this extension and then it will turn green if you're unmuted and it will be read up in the corner of your extensions. And you can just quickly click it and you can go on to another tab and you can keep talking. And so that's been very helpful also.
0: Oh, those are great.
1: And then we had Meredith on, uh, was it last month? Yep. And she shared this fun resource in just adding games to your Google Meets. And so she's got categories and kids do not need to log into any of these. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun to play with all the kids. On um, I have a couple teachers that are meeting with their students during lunchtime, and so you could do that and play some of these different games that she suggests.
0: Oh, that's fantastic!
1: And then Jamboard. One of my teachers made this really good example of a Jamboard. Um, if you scroll down and then just click that Jamboard, um, let's see if we can got in. So she just kind of organized it very well. Um, I've seen jam boards and they're kind of unorganized. Sure. So I'm like, I don't know if I really like this tool, but then I saw how she organized her jam board and I thought it was fantastic. So here the kids had to build a fort. So she did some offline activities with some online. And then the next slide, she's got steps. So step one, you're going to do that right here. Step two, step three, step four. And the directions are really clear. Yeah. I even love it because she added a place, um, I think it's the next one, and you can see all the different backgrounds she did too. Yeah. She added her picture on it too, so the kids could see her thinking, yeah, the speech bubble. Yeah. And she added the mascot, so she was able to kind of connect with her kids that way, um, and you can see all the different backgrounds that she did. So I just really loved the Jamboard that she created.
0: That is so nice, and there's a lot of shared DNA between jamboard and google slides you know it there's yeah. there's a lot of similarities there uh because it feels like you know each page is like a slide um but it you know there there are all there are a lot of differences as well um and it is you know more geared toward you know, this freehand drawing and, you know, being able to, you know, drop a, a note in and add an image and so forth. So not as many features as Google Slides, uh, but sometimes that's good. Sometimes you don't need all of those features, you know, just being able to easily, you know, freehand write and to add some images um, um, is, is really all you need. Now I will say there is a Jamboard Physical thing called a Jamboard that Google makes as well. And I've seen a little confusion. Sometimes people think I have to have that to use the Jamboard tool. No, Jamboard as a service is its own separate thing um, than the physical Jamboard whiteboard. There are, if you actually have the physical Jamboard whiteboard, there are more tools. It does have extra features. I really, really, really hope those will eventually just get added into this as well. So like auto-draw, the ability to sketch something and have it you know, say, oh, are you trying to draw a cat? You know, here's a clip art of a cat. Uh, that's built into it if you're using it on the physical Jamboard. I would love if that was built into here. And then it's got other things as well. There's a shape maker and stuff like that. So I'm hoping we'll see those show up in the web version of Jamboard. Right now, some of those extra features are only available in the if you have a physical Jamboard. But, and also Jamboard is a service. So it needs to be turned on in your admin console. If you're like, I went to Jamboard Jamboard and I couldn't get there. It's not that your school's blocking you from it. They just may not even know it's there. I mean, it's a relatively newer tool. So it probably, you know, got added to your admin console and got added as turned off because, you know, it was a new tool. So your administrators may need to go in and um, your tech administrators and turn on Jamboard. And
1: Jamboard has some different features, too, on your phone or on your iPad yep. or Android device. Um, That's right. So just know that there are more. So I've got teachers that are making them on their iPad because a lot of them have iPads. And then there it works the same way once it's on the web. So you can just have those different images and different things that are available on the app and use those, too. That is um,
0: correct. Yes. Thank you.
1: The next one I wanted to just quickly talk about was providing feedback. Um, I did this session for my teachers. And it was just talking about providing feedback in kind of different ways. And one of the ways we talked about was like Google meets and all the resources and videos for this session are in there. And then we also talked about using audio clips and one of the big ones from the Smackdown that I learned was moat and moat is amazing. So if you have not used moat yet, I highly suggest it. You can provide feedback to students by audio and then it takes that audio file and it also transcribes it and so the kids can also read what you said you can edit the different wording if you said something and it caught something different and so moat is really good um it's in there again and then we talked about using screencastify for videos Mm -hmm. um, feedback and then we also talked about digital stickers and using bit emojis pasting badges, and um, right now we're brainstorming a list on the next slide down. So if you have any ideas for feedback stickers, feel free to add, because mm-hmm. one of my friends, her name's Lauren, she's going to be creating these stickers, so teachers can just quickly add a sticker onto students' work, and it might say, like, correct your feedback. So we've got a big Google um, sheet going on with different ideas different awards different like hey fix this comma fix this capital letter reread the directions that kind of stuff to just save some teachers some time
0: that's fantastic
1: and then the last resource i wanted to share was the too sweet actually there's two more i'm sorry (laughs) Um, the next resource was too sweet this is from my friend darren he is also in the chat today and he created this nice ebook that goes over the G Suite tools and a couple other different websites like Screencastify and WeVideo. And it's just a quick like one pager for teachers to look at and I'll go, okay, that's how you use Google Forms. And I think he did a fantastic job on this ebook. It's so just easy to read, it's so organized. organize, it looks professional, he needs to sell it. Um, so yeah, definitely check out his resource. And then the last one I wanted to share is this one's pretty new, it's Slides Reveal. And I was talking to my friend Clay, he's the one that coded this, and I was just telling him with the SmackDown we were having lots of people that wanted the slide deck but we didn't wanna give them the whole presentation all at once. And so he he created this um, extension and it's called Slide Reveal. And you can link it to a blank slide, your Google slide, and it will reveal the slide as you hit next. So, as you add another slide, he will add like the magic behind this. I don't know how it's done. The new slide is magic. Yes. Yeah, it's made with magic. <laughs> It'll be added to the blank Google slide, and kids will get it as you slowly reveal the Google slide. So, I just thought that was really cool, and I just wanted to share with that. Um, he made it again this week, so it's kind of still in beta. Sure. But it, it works pretty well. So you can, again, set up a timer with like three seconds so the kids would have like a delay of three seconds before they would get that. So I could see this, here's the question, the kids answer it and then you slide reveal it and they get the answer on the next slide. So it could be really cool to use in your classroom.
0: Love it, oh my gosh. Yeah, he is constantly pumping out <laughs> new extensions and new resources, isn't he? Oh my gosh. So, so fantastic. Well, that is, that is wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of those. Um, And then um, let me see. looks like we had a question here. Somebody said, um, is it available for all Google for EDU or only enterprise level? Uh, Jamboard is available for all Google for EDU.
1: Um, they just have to turn it
0: on. Just have to turn it on. Yeah, I I do not have enterprise on either of my two domains, just regular Google for EDU. But like I said, it is just one of the apps or one of the, I don't know if Jamboard is a, I think it's a core service now. Um, and so it should be, yeah, it should be in your core services, but it's probably off by default. You know, Google, when they add something new, they want you to choose to turn it on. And it probably just fell through the cracks for a lot of folks. So uh, certainly can get that turned on you know, with, through, through your tech folks.
1: And yeah, if you assign Jamboard and Google Classroom, every kid can get a copy, they can edit, same as a Google slide.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it, exactly. It's, it's just like a document or a slideshow. It's just, yep, it's a regular file. And yep, you can, you can push it out through the Classroom, make copies for everybody. Um, it, it's a really nice tool. Um, and
1: yes, I did force a copy just like you normally would where you go up to the edit and take it out and then write copy. So that was another question in the chat. Okay.
0: Good. All right. Well, we're getting close to the end of our time. Um, So we've only got about 10 minutes left. We we always want to be respectful of people's time. And so we have always capped these as a, as a two hour meeting. And sometimes they don't go as long, but we, we, we try not to go beyond that. Um, so what I want to do is see if there's anything critical. So, you know, Stephanie, if you saw something, Sarah, if you saw something, if anybody in the the YouTube chat saw something that we really need to address in the last 10 minutes. Um, I'm going to give everybody a moment to uh, take a look through and see if there's something that, that we do want to talk about uh, with the time we have left. Uh, what what I would like to do um, is uh, thank the uh, community folks who did add to the show and tell. So I see Bruce has added things in here about Wakelet. Um, Scott, a good friend of mine here at Green Local School has provided uh, several links here, um, including some Google Form quiz feedback uh, information. Uh, uh, Oh, maybe we should talk about submit. What do you think, Stephanie? Would that be a good one? Screencastify submit. Maybe we should mention that. I see Scott. Yeah, I
1: think we probably should mention it just real quick. Okay,
0: so Scott has added in a a video for this about what this is. Um, so Screencastify, this is in beta right now, and anybody can can sign up for for the beta. Um, I'll be happy to if somebody else doesn't beat me to it. I can put the the the, the link in here for for the beta to uh, to join it. Um, so the idea behind Screencastify Submit is that students would not have to have the Screencastify extension installed to be able to record a video if you run it through this new service. So basically, what you would do is you would go to the Screencastify submit website. And from there, you would create a unique link for like an assignment. And you would then give that link to your students like through Google Classroom. But when they click that link, it's it feels kind of like I don't know, kind of like Flipgrid, you know, how it just opens up and lets you record right away. So basically it would just, it would let the students right away start recording in their browser without. An extension having to be installed, and they could record their response to your question, whatever it is, whatever your your prompt is that they need to either record themselves answering it, or they need to record a video showing something, you know, whatever whatever it is they're doing, and then they get to double check it and watch it and see if it was if if, if they liked what they recorded, and if not, they can they can re-record it. But if they're happy with it, they just hit submit. And then what it does is it collects all of those together into a Google Drive folder for you. And you have all of those videos submitted from your students without them having to install the extension. And it's just all nice and Convenient. Um, it is beta right now. My guess would be that it'll follow Screencastify's um, approach, where they have a free version and a paid version, just like they have with regular Screencastify. I think Submit will probably follow that same route, where there'll be a free version with maybe a, a limited amount of of use uh, of, of uses or whatever. I'm not sure what what that might be, and then like a paid version that has all of all of those features there. Yeah, and Scott mentioned that Screencastify Submit has direct Google Classroom connection too. Yes, you can push it right out through Google Classroom. Uh, And then we've, again, lots of other resources here, (laughs) far too many to uh, be able to go into right now. But uh, again, if somebody sees one here that you really want to mention, uh, you can go ahead and... uh, um, and share that with us. Um, I'm afraid we're not <laughs> gonna get to go through all the questions today. Uh, but uh, we, I, I promise uh, between all of us, we will go through these and try to type in answers anywhere that we can. Uh, for these, I would encourage folks to do the same as well if you see something here that you have an answer for. I was able to squeeze in a few answers here and there on a couple of them uh, before the meeting and during the meeting, uh, but um, uh, I know we haven't gotten to everything here. Um, The only one that I'll I'll mention just so it's on people's radar, because it is kind of one of those good to know sort of things. Um, There was a question here about, is there a way to block students from using the chat feature that's available in Hangouts? Um, And basically what it comes down to is, um, this is not the first time I've heard this question about, hey, can we turn off chat for kids or how can we control this? We're in a... um, Kind of a transition period right now with Google's messaging tools, Hangouts Chat versus Google Meet versus all these different things. And so I had to do some research on this because somebody else asked me the exact same question a few days ago. And what it comes down to right now is Hangouts Chat and Google Meet are currently tied together, they're just treated as a, as a unit. And so if I go into the admin console, I can turn off Hangouts Chat, but I'm also turning off Google Meet. And you probably don't wanna do that for the kids. What's happening is Google is retiring this old chat tool and they're going to have a completely separate new chat tool that is available in beta now but that they're going they're giving us late 2020 as the time when the transition will occur and Hangouts chat can be retired and the new chat tool will be a separate item that can be controlled separately from Google Meet so just heads up good news that ability is coming, but right now they are they are bound together until that change occurs. So, just wanted to clarify that. All right. Anything else that you would uh, want to share, Stephanie or Sarah, or anybody who has seen anything that um, we need to mention before we start? I to wrap just up?
1: appreciate the community answering a lot of those questions. Um, so, thank you for typing in any. Ideas I also tagged some people that might know some answers, so they are in the chat, so make sure you guys check that out if you got tagged
0: yes, yeah no i, I I'm with you I, I cannot say how much I appreciate the community because that's really what makes it I mean we're more than happy to do our best to pull some things together each month but uh, it would just be me and Stephanie talking to each other if it wasn't for you guys and we learn so much from everybody else and the resources are just staggering and at a time like this it's more valuable than ever so an, an absolute thank you from the bottom of my heart to everybody who is taking the time out of your day either watching this live or watching the recording of this later to be a part of this. Um, what I will say as we do start to wrap up is a couple of things. One is if you did not get a chance to sign in at the top of the agenda, um, uh, looks like page two under important links, there is a link here to um, sign in. It's a Google form and um, it'll let you. Um, Sign in for the meeting today. I do use this to generate certificates of attendance. um, And I do report the numbers to Google. I do not give them your names or emails, nothing like that but I do share how many attended because that's something they want to track with uh, Google educator groups. I also want to remind you about joining our Google group, our email distribution group, that's under the updates section. There's instructions there on how to become a part of that group so that you can continue to uh, exchange ideas in between the meetings. And then our next meeting should be at the end of May. Um, You can always head to bit.ly slash GEGOhio. That is our website. And on that website, you'll see a link to the monthly meetings section. And at the moment, uh, tentatively, the date we had picked was May 28th. things can always change. Um, so I would say definitely check back as we get closer to that. Uh, that's always been the case. Sometimes we've had to move something to the morning. Sometimes we've had to move days around a little bit. That was the original date that we had picked way back when, uh, before all this crazy stuff happened. But uh, our hope would be to, to definitely have a meeting at the end of May. And if it, if it does change, we will we'll update that there. Um, but other than that, I just want to thank everybody so, so very much for taking the time out of your day to be here in person or to watch this later, uh, please do continue to contribute to this document. I do switch it after a while from editable to comment only. I will leave it editable for quite a while here, but just heads up eventually I do switch that over and I'll indicate that in there when I do make that switch. So you'll always be able to do suggested edits, but at a certain point we will eventually turn off the the direct edit feature to that. Um, Anything else, Stephanie, before we wrap up?
1: Uh, Just make sure to share with other people that were unable to attend. And if you could, before Eric does lock it, just answer some more questions or share some more resources. Um, Again, the community is awesome. So we appreciate everybody so much and have a great rest of the month until we see you in May.
0: Very good. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody.